of the Ignite podcast and founder of Wild Women Tribe uh, in partnership with Park City TV. We are joined today by Christy Woolley and E.E. E. Sue, and we are going to dive into the topic of creating possibilities, creating opportunities. So <laughs> welcome, ladies. Welcome to the Thank hot seat, you. as you were calling yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, speaking of creating opportunities, it's an opportunity to be sitting yes, here with I know. the two of you. Mm, I feel it's the same. Wonderful. Yeah, Ignite is really one of those podcasts where I wanted to draw together women who are doing really fascinating things in the community and in their own lives and um, talk about topics that really matter to us. And so you can be from different industries, different backgrounds, but I think we all find commonality. So I'm excited Absolutely. to really Thanks for bringing this. us together. Yeah. yeah. So I wanted to start with maybe telling a little background about you. Um, you do both have different backgrounds, but I think that idea of opportunity has really been a common thread. So can you kind of introduce how um, you are involved in the community and what projects you're working on? Sure. Do you go ahead. Oh. You go first. Well, I'm new to the community, so I just moved here, and, and I keep saying new, but it's you know I've been here for almost two years. Yeah. Time just flies. But I moved here after 15 years um, living and working in Beijing. So I was in broadcasting in Beijing. I hosted two programs on CCTV, which is a China's largest broadcaster. Um, and She's been called the Oprah of China. Uh, by, by <laughs> so very few people, maybe my husband. <laughs> so you're being no. very modest, and I've known you for a couple of years since being here, and you have not even brought it up. So this is kind of like it, exciting for me to delve into a part of you that <laughs> I don't know. It's personally. like the secret. It's it, exciting. It was. It was. Fun. But it was also a chapter, I mean, speaking of opportunities, it was a chapter that I kind of closed back in China when we decided to move to the mm -hmm. States. And um, I decided, actually, probably about a, a couple years before moving to China, that what I really wanted to use my communications and media experience. And I was a management consultant previous to going into broadcasting. I was thinking, okay, if I could take this business, this media experience to come together and really do something um, that of value and um, related to social impact and really create impact in that area that's what I would like to dedicate the you know I would say the next decade of my life or maybe wow. the you know the remainder of my career mm -hmm. um, so yeah that's my brief story. That's exciting. And then Christy, we actually met when our kids were really babies and I just moved into town and you and your husband were kind of like bootstrapping this yes. little company that has now, now gone on to be like the biggest beauty product company worldwide and you yeah. guys recently sold. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it was um, a whirlwind in the beginning. We started back in 2004 um, and we just were given the opportunity. Someone asked us to source human hair we were on a trip in China, got the call, and he stayed on a little bit longer to go meet with some factories, and that was the end. Like we were always looking for that niche product um, of what we were going to be starting our own company with, and that ended up being our first product, hair extensions, and it grew um, to be the largest hair extension company in the world. Um, so yeah, and we did. We bootstrapped it from the beginning. You knew me back then, just going to the park every day. We were running it out of our little home on Park Avenue, and um, it was it was a lot of work. <laughs> so talk to me about that idea of opportunity, because I think a lot of times we look at that word and we think, 
well, it's just for people who are lucky. You know, the stars align and you have to have the right thing at the right time. But I think opportunity really comes from a lot of perspective as well. Sometimes mm -hmm. things happen that might be perceived as negative, but that paves the way if you have the right attitude to turn mm -hmm. it into an opportunity. I mean, can you Definitely. talk a little bit, EE, e., about what that word means so, to you? So in preparation for this program, I actually looked at, I mean, who, I use this term opportunity, I don't, I don't know how many times a day, mm -hmm. but, um, and I think we use it in colloquial language a lot, mm -hmm. and just in conversations, and so I looked it up, and the Oxford Dictionary, did you look it up, the actual definition mm -hmm. of opportunity? Because, you know, you think, oh, it's a chance. It's, um, but I looked it up, and the, the Oxford Dictionary definition is um, an opportunity is a time or set of circumstances that makes it possible to do something. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, that is really profound because yeah. one it's a set of circumstances right. Not like there's negative or positive right necessarily. It, and, and I think those circumstances can be you know it, it, it's timing it's um, it's your environment it's like the people who are surrounding you mm -hmm. you know um, and then it makes it possible for you to do something and I don't think it needs to be something that's grandiose like some amazing impact but it's something that you know it, it can make you happy it can make the people mm -hmm. around you happy it could be small it could be big it could mm -hmm. be anything um, but you know, I mean, I, I do agree with you. Like, opportunity, it's all about perspective. Um, I was thinking as I was driving over here that, you know, every day, every every moment, there's an opportunity. There's a chance to yes. do something. And for me, mm -hmm. an opportunity means, like, there's a chance for you to learn something new, to, a chance to explore, to have a new experience. And um, I think if you have a sense of adventure and you want to try things new, like, opportunities will just, they'll gravitate towards you. I believe in that as well. I think yeah. that it's almost like the law of attraction. If you believe that those things are there, they're there. And I know this only because I've lived my life in two separate ways. Uh, the very the first part of my life, I thought that everything was luck. Everything mm -hmm. was like, yes, okay, we're gonna draw this card for you. Oh, you didn't take it, gone, no more opportunities. Or it was all luck. I just kind of lived that way. I didn't know that there was actually possibility to like grasp that and like run with it and that you could create opportunity out of yes. everything around you even negative oh negative especially right. because mm -hmm. I thought negative was like oh that was burned bridge no opportunity right. but what I've learned now mainly from my husband is where he switched my mindset was everything is an opportunity right. and often the ones that look like challenges are the greatest opportunities here's a problem now what can we do with it? And I remember one of the great things he did was um, we, we set up suppliers in all of the states in the United States, but they didn't want to have competing, then other suppliers in that same state would come to us, that mm -hmm. we want to carry your product as well, but they, there was non-complete with them. So we couldn't have the same brand in two different stores in the same state. So he's like, well, let's just create another brand. We'll just compete with ourselves. If they're gonna go to someone else, they might as well go to another company that's ours. So that's where it became, we we're just creating more brands and more brands for these other suppliers mm -hmm. and competing with ourselves. Um, that was one way, but like his mind was always thinking, right. here's, here's a problem. Let's solve it, and it was another opportunity. Well, and it sounds like he's very positive because even yes. when you fail, even when you have those mistakes, like you learn he from can, it. Yeah, it, it creates an opportunity for him to learn and, yeah. and improve and yeah. be better. Yeah. yeah. And how do you take those um, parts of life that might be interpreted as negative or <laughs> failure and turn them into opportunity? 
good question. I mean, I, I really think it's a, a mindset, you know, and, and trust me, there's been times in my life that, you know, you're really down and you're like, God, how can I get myself out of this? And sometimes you have to be in that negative. You know, like you can't always feign that you're positive and happy all right. the time. I think there are times when you just, you have to sit in that emotion. You have to embrace it. You have mm -hmm. to embrace whatever it might be, depress depression or, or, you know, unhappiness and, you know, that feeling of gray. But um, there's a moment, and I think it's human nature. I think there's a moment when you get to a point and you're like, you know, I don't want to live the rest of my, and I'm going to do something about it. Um, I've been very blessed and lucky to have like just a great support network. And you know, you mentioned your husband and my husband and my family and the friends around me. I mean, they're the ones who will lift me up when I need it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that is integral. I mean, not only in terms of creating opportunity. You know, we're, we're talking about the underpinnings of opportunity is like this positivity. Yeah. But it's you know, your outlook on life kind of depends on those relationships around you. And allowing yourself to kind of sit in wherever you are yes. to allow like the the next possibility to come right. in. Right. right? And, and honoring that phase. Exactly. Yeah. And you can't force it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think sometimes we try so much. We're a society built on doers, right? Mm -hmm. Like we are so we measure our success based on how much we do and how much we accomplish, yeah. whatever that right. term might mean. And so to undo that and to say, well, I want to look at the, use the word underpinnings, you know, the real motivations, the purpose behind that, mm -hmm. I think takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of risk and it takes like being okay with putting yourself out there at risk for not having the outcome that you might initially want right. and being kind of flexible and creative enough to say, okay, well, this might go in a different direction. Yeah. And not to have too much pride. I think mm. pride sometimes gets in the way. Very um, much. You know, you, you, you get this opportunity and you're like, oh God, what if I, what if I mess, what if I fail at yeah. this? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and if we can step away from that and realize that. Trust. Yes. Like you said, trust, being, yeah. having that courage to, mm. to move and put yourself out there. Like that's when these opportunities will come to yeah. you. I even have an experience, not even in the working world of trusting that mm. mindset, um, but also I'm, I may have mentioned to you, my daughter when she was sick was diagnosed with cancer, bone cancer. Mm. And um, that shook me, that rocked my mindset of, you know, create opportunity with this. Mm. Um, and it was a lot of fear and the what's gonna happen. and. I got to see firsthand what happens when I am consumed with fear. And every symptom that the doctor said she could get, she got that first month from the mouth sores and the fevers and the throwing up and the bloody nose, you know, all the things that come from the chemotherapy, she was getting them. And I was in this, this is happening to us. Right. Nothing we can do can control this. This is like going to just destroy us. Right, right. And I had this awakening one day like, wait a minute, after I'd wallowed in my misery and just been in that place for about a month, I thought, wait a minute, this isn't even me. This isn't what I, the way I think. I know this stuff, like this is a gift. This is an opportunity for us to learn and to grow and like we can make this whatever we want and not let it destroy us. And from that point on, we took the mindset of this is beautiful. This is here to bless us. We love this opportunity. And we would tell, we would honor the cancer and 
I remember mm. my daughter praying at night to God, thanking him for her cancer because it was teaching her to do hard things. Right. And with that love, we just, we'd go to the hospital and it was, how do we make this positive? And she was doing little service projects for the other kids and the nurses or decorating her room or just making it what she wanted. And it changed her whole experience. That's beautiful. And her whole perspective on life. And your perspective yes. on life, right? Well, and, someone and asked her the other day, right? they're like, oh, how was that having cancer? She's like, I miss my cancer. <laughs> I loved having cancer. She, she literally says, I love my cancer. Oh, and wow. she, on days, she'll be like, mom, I kind of miss it. I'm like, oh, that's understandable. Like, mm. it was a beautiful and, thing. And you say, but we don't want it back. And I say, <laughs> right, let's, let's, let's yeah. like, do you, are you sure you want to go through that yes. again? And she's like, mm, yeah. uh, no, I think I'm okay. <laughs> but you've talked about it being a gift to your family, right? Oh, to for teach sure. you the opportunity of confronting it with love instead yes. of fear mm -hmm. because yes. they talk about you know fear and love that's kind of the perspective through which we approach life right, right? Yep. and how beautiful that you were able to go through that and shift and lead by example for your family yeah you know yes. you're right I mean talking about health I, I just thought um, when I had my son mm -hmm. and he was um, he was born in December no October of 2009 and um, a month and a half later I, I don't know if I told you the story, Renee, mm. but I had I have this kidney tumor, and mm. it was it's congenital, it's not malignant, it's benign. But um, and I discovered it when I was in my early twenties. Mm -hmm. Well, when I I forgot when I when we moved to China fifteen years ago back in two thousand two, there was just so much going on. I kind of forgot that that I had this. Mm -hmm. So after two two consecutive pregnancies, in the middle of the night, my son was seven weeks pregnant, and it burst. Oh, wow. It grew to 11 centimeters. It was the size of a huge grapefruit in my kidney. It burst. I was in China. Um, it was a Sunday, going in the emergency room. I was bleeding out. We couldn't figure out what was happening. I mean, blood transfusions, everything. I, I was very, I, I'm going to say I was lucky, like because we were able to find the right specialists and doctors to take care of me. But I was in the hospital for a very long time. And it was, you know, for somebody who's very active and it's, it's terrible. I couldn't right. walk. There was trauma. I had like two liters of blood. In my, this is a little too graphic, but <laughs> <laughs> two liters of blood in my abdomen that I had to absorb. And it was a year, a really dark year. Mm -hmm. But um, when I think about that opportunity and what that experience has presented to mm -hmm. my life and the way that I look at life, it's it's was really profound. And mm -hmm. I think it's since then, it's guided the way that I look at, you know, like, God, like, don't worry about these little tiny trivial matters, you know, yes. like, and really focus so on relationships and family and, you know, that sort of opportunity to learn was, mm -hmm. was huge. And I think it was a message to, to me as well. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. What other mindsets have you had to um, confront and maybe overcome and um, create in your life in order to see the opportunity in things? I mean, how do you know when something's an opportunity? And we talked a little bit mm -hmm. before um, about effortlessness mm -hmm. and flow. And so can you talk a little bit about how you kind of frame your mind that way? I, w when you speak of flow, you know, th things, I just see like things are coming easily. You're in that, that, that flow, you're on the wave, you're riding it and the opportunities are coming. And um, I think, for me, it's been, we spoke of this a little bit earlier, of finding that passion and that gift and when you're, when you're following your heart and doing things that are natural to you, then the opportunities do seem more effortless and they just seem to come to you. And um, 
I know that over the years as I've developed my own personal interests, um, you know, the personal healing, the emotional, spiritual wellness of others and myself, those types of opportunities just flowed into my life. And I love helping people discover those uh, natural gifts that they are born with, those talents that they just came with. You, you were given gifts, but like before you came here, let's say, mm. that are a part of you today and you're drawn to those things. And it does feel effortless, even if there are challenges or obstacles and they just keep coming. Um, so that's, I think it just feels natural is the thing mm -hmm. that comes to mind. It's not uh, so much of a, a force and a go get it. There's not so much exertion, it's more of it's coming. And it, wow, this feels right. It sets right. Let's take this opportunity, see where that goes. And there's no fear, like we talked of the fear. There's no fear of not getting or not achieving or not, it's just, it's all coming and trusting. Like whatever is meant to be, it's coming my way and just grabbing onto those and seeing where they go with excitement and and making what you yeah, can of them. That's a very comfortable feeling. Um, Having said that, I think sometimes to create more opportunities, you do have to have a level, put yourself in an uncomfortable position. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, because that's when the challenge and the risk comes. And you know, without those, you can't have the reward. Um, you know, I, I've moved to Park City, and as, as you've mentioned, like I don't mention my, ooh, I'm, <laughs> I don't mention my past career or that sort of piece because I'm trying to reinvent something new. Mm -hmm. um, but it's it's tough. I mean, sometimes, you know, the insecurity comes, you know, in my 40s, and yet there's a lot of insecurity. It's a new community, mm -hmm. new people. How do I kind of fit in and, and adapt to this and, 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 uh, and really make connections? Um, so there have been times when, you know, I feel like, yes, I need to put myself out there. And gosh, I would love to be in my pajamas in my house all day because <laughs> I, I, I'm really not a natural extrovert. Mm -hmm. um, I like to be in my home with my close friends and my family. Um, but, you know, uh, last year I was invited by Al Gore's Climate Reality Project to, and this has been a while, I haven't, I moved in 2017. I've been kind of, you know, off the grid, you know, off radar for about a year. And they contacted me. I'd done some work for them in China. And they said, well, you know, we're having the largest training that we're ever doing in August. It's 2,500 people, and we'd like you to MC the <laughs> first day. And this was the first tip-off that you weren't just like And I a, was, I mean, I, know, was, I was terrified. I was like. A family mom who moved from Beijing. <laughs> you put these things on Facebook. I'm like, why is she emceeing at an Al Gore event? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was amazing, but at the same time. But I time, was thinking to myself, I was mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, I'm not used to this anymore and, and I'm not used to being on a stage with 2,500 people. I'm not used to doing this in the United States. I'm used to doing it in a place, you know, in a very different environment and yeah, I mean again, my husband comes to the rescue. He's like, God, like why wouldn't you do this? Like just go and have fun and it was, it was magical. It was magnificent wow. but I mean it takes that like, oh God, I got to get off the couch and I got to go yep. because sometimes you just really don't want to. Right. And I think if you let those opportunities pass, then there's more that pass. Like there's almost like this window of time that you have to wait for the next great right. opportunity because if you're not in that mindset of let's create this, because yes. we are creators. And I believe like if we're in the mindset, I'm going to create, then the opportunities come. And if we just let them go like, oh, actually, no, I do want to like sit in my pajamas, <laughs> then Okay, missed opportunity. I love my pajamas. Isn't it great? <laughs> it feels good. But like, what do you do with that feeling? You know, I want 
to kind of get you guys to talk about that because I think everyone feels that feeling every single day. Mm -hmm. You know, EE, you were talking about mm -hmm. opportunities presenting themselves. So what do you do with that nervousness of going to a social event where you don't know anyone, mm -hmm. right? That's like a little example or, you know, a big event where you're kind of putting yourself out there in the public sphere. I mean, what do you do with that fear? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. I mean, I, like, I, the support network again. I talk to my, you know, my husband, my mom, talk to her a lot, I talk to my friends, and they're usually the ones that are like, mm -hmm. they have the most, you're always the most criti self-critical, mm -hmm. and thinking, oh my gosh, you know, like, I, I can't do this, or I'm gonna make a fool of myself, or yeah. you know, I'm not ready to put myself out there, but it is mostly likely that your friends and the people who really love you, who are the ones who believe in you and know that you can do it. Um, so it's that, and I think, I feel like sometimes, and I, and I I don't even, like, I can't put a finger on it, but I feel like sometimes, like, it just clicks in your head. It's yeah. like, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to overthink this. Mm -hmm. Let's just go and do it. And so get out of your head. Yeah, get you got to get head. out of your head and overanalyze. So I have my own little ritual I do every morning where I get up early before my kids get up, usually around 4.35, and I have my time. So mm -hmm. it's where those false beliefs are coming up, things that are holding back, that's my time to question those. And I have the different things, modalities that I've learned that help me um, overcome those things that are holding me back. Right. If I have something emotional coming up, okay, let's look at that. Let's not stuff that back down. Look at that, process through it. Do you write or do you I, meditate? I or? will do it through meditation. I have um, different ways. That, there's like a program I studied through Byron Katie, mm -hmm. um, Loving What Is, and it's asking four questions for any false belief, you know, and finding the truth. I also get out into nature every day. Uh, mm -hmm. After that, I get out and I process a lot, just like I'm out jogging and I'm thinking of these things, listening to maybe it's a great podcast mm -hmm. or inspiring speaker or something. I'm listening to things and it inspires me to like, okay, reminds me of who I am, really. Because when we get into our head, mm -hmm. it's all false. Mm -hmm. We're telling ourselves lies. And so if I can get out of my head and get out in nature and connect with who I really am, that's when things flow and it's like, no, this is great, it's a great opportunity and I can see clearly, feel more at peace with myself and get rid of those false beliefs. I, I, I agree with you, I think nature and, well, which is why what you're doing with Wild Women Tribe is so important because I think yeah. nature's that one element that Healing just grounds element, yeah. us, you know, and, and, and makes us feel connected to each other too. Well, that was one um, of the reasons I started it because, right. you know, I felt that connection myself every time I set the time aside, but okay. you know, there's all of those things that we tell ourselves the stories, like I'm too busy, I have mm -hmm. all these other obligations, I have responsibilities, I just don't have time. Yeah. But realizing for me and prioritizing that and realizing yeah. that um, when I, set time aside for myself, then everything else kind of everything flows. Everything yeah. flows. There's that Clicks. flow again. Yeah. It comes. Yeah. I think that meditative hike in nature like can yeah. really help you kind of like the little things just kind of fall, fall away, away and then mm -hmm. you can have a, a clearer vision. And of, understanding of you yourself because like my husband, yes. he's a night owl. He gets all of his meditative time at night after we're all in bed mm -hmm. and that works for him. But me, I would not get one meditative thought in my head, I'd be asleep, because I am an early bird. I want to be up before, like with the birds, like 4.30 in the morning, and I'm like, yes, let's conquer the world. But he's asleep. So knowing yeah. yourself and making that time and committing yeah. to it, like how important are we to ourselves? Mm -hmm. And I know I have four kids. I, I'm not gonna make the time later in the day. And I won't have the energy to do it because I won't have taken that time for myself. So I'm glad yeah. you said that, because I feel like one of the first things 
you know, steps to creating opportunities is really this awareness, mm -hmm. you know, the self-awareness self. and yeah. self-knowledge. You know, you, we know we talked about what are the things that feel natural, what are the things that you enjoy doing, because that's when your passions can develop and that's when the opportunities will come to you. So, mm -hmm. yeah, having that time for yourself is yeah. so important. It's very important. And I think that's scary for people because, you know, we're in such a cluttered and mm -hmm. disconnected mm -hmm. time in our lives, you know, there's social media, there's all this perception of connection happening through a screen, which is like for the most part just mm -hmm. curated and false. Yeah. And then there's all this isolation at the same time. So mm -hmm. I think one of the scariest first steps really is spend time by yourself. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, go by yourself. I mean, community is important to bounce ideas off and have that support network, but you have to start with yourself first and have a point of view and a perspective and really know yourself well enough to speak that. Mm -hmm. Yes, because right. mm -hmm. you could ask many people, do you know what your strengths are? Do you know what your gifts are? And many, I, it alarms me, I don't know if I even have a talent or a gift. And they see everyone else's gifts being portrayed through social media and it makes us feel like we have nothing to offer. Mm -hmm. Where if we spend time alone with ourselves and asking and feeling, those things will come up. Um, that goes on to our next, my husband and I, after we sold our company, we're like, what are we gonna create? How are we gonna help the world? Now that we're good financially, what do we wanna do to give back to the world? Well, speaking and, of social impact, right? Yeah. yeah, and it's how can we really make a difference? And we see people struggling emotionally, you got depression, anxiety, mm -hmm. suicide rates, um, people not knowing, feel, feeling disconnected from who they are. And so we are working on something right now, um, helping individuals find their passions, their gifts, a strength finder basically, and each individual taking, let's say, a test mm. um, that we've developed that is helping them discover what they were born with. And if you look at the way that we're educated today, you'll look at, like, let's say my daughter's struggling with math. We'll double down on the math. We gotta get you a math tutor and focus on the math where maybe math isn't her gift, but art or music or anything else, writing, reading um, could be her gift. But we don't focus on that because she's not struggling in right. that. But if we double down on the gift, and this girl is just talented, she's passionate about this, let's just, give her every opportunity to develop this, by the time she's in high school and then college, she'll know what's natural to her. And she will not waste her college experience trying to figure out who she is, what she likes, um, going from major to major, trying to figure out what she wants to do with her life. Like She'll have a path already in place, which will help her be free of those emotional anxiety. She's already so living in herself and that passion that she'll avoid a lot of the emotional problems that kids are facing with the anxiety and depression. Um, I'm so fascinated by this. Can we do another podcast when that, <laughs> <laughs> that test totally. is ready? <laughs> and test I've ourselves. taken it, yes, the test is ready. Yes, the test is out there. It's now developing the, the track for each gift and getting children and adults, everyone it. on this track, um, the training that goes with it to get them That's developing their gift. Right. And that goes back right. into feeding into the natural inclination of things rather than focusing and on what's missing. What's, what's missing, wrong. what's wrong yeah. with us? Why right. are we broken? Well, Why aren't we perfectly whole? There's just know? so much noise out there, right? Like, let's focus on yeah, what you're good what's at. What's innate, what's natural. Because yeah. really, we are all given a gift. Every person on this planet has a mm. gift. And many gifts. Yeah. Many, yeah. If you develop one, you've got, then another one's coming mm -hmm. up and another one's coming. But like, if you could focus on one gift and feel that confidence and that purpose in that gift, 
you'd have every everyone doing their job would be so happy and fulfilled. I don't care if you're serving food or you're saving lives or whatever it is, you'd be so happy in doing that because it's your gift and you'd be fulfilled and everyone would be everyone there'd be a perfect amount of waitresses and doctors and attorneys and you know there's everything would be in balance because there wouldn't be a judgment on that's not good enough yeah right? yeah. yeah you're doing what yeah. is just true to you and I loving it. it whether it's doing it. the dishes at your kitchen sink and folding laundry in our pajamas like maybe that is your <laughs> that could be enough for yeah. someone yeah absolutely you that. know there's one thing that i wanted to say about opportunities because we're talking about how things kind of happen with ease and it's, and it's very natural but i think sometimes because opportunities and because situations involve other people like the idea of commitment and resilience is so important when you take on that new opportunity, things aren't going to be, you're not gonna be a success right away. Things are not going to be, you know, you, you may not be happy. There's going to be dynamics within your, whether it's a work environment or a social environment that make you uncomfortable. And I think, you know, if you had the right criteria to decide that this is an opportunity for you um, and having that right, right criteria depends on, you know, that self-awareness and self-knowledge that, that, that we talked about, then, um, then you just have to like kind of see it out, you know, like have commitment to the opportunity. It might be several months, it might be a couple years. I mean, for this TV thing that I did in China, I was, I was not a broadcaster. I didn't have experience being on camera. I was interested in documentary production. I was a management consultant in healthcare. I mean, something completely different. So it took a few years for me to feel really comfortable in, you know, in this new role and Hence, like here comes this opportunity, you know, and 15 years later, you know, it was, it was really successful and I could really look on it fondly. But that's what growth is. Growth is uncomfortable. Sometimes it just yes. is uncomfortable mm -hmm. and you have to put yourself there to grow. Well, and speaking of next things, um, you did this Al Gore summit last year, and now you're working with a bunch of the um, municipal leaders here. Can you tell us yes. about what's coming up? So, um, so in October 2nd to 4th, we are holding Mountain Towns 2030. Mountain Towns 2030 is essentially, it's a coalition of mountain towns throughout Mountain West and nationally who are going to come together to commit to aggressive carbon reduction targets. Um, as most people here in the Park City community know, um, Park City and Summit County, they have been, I mean, truly pioneers. Some of the legislation that was just passed in March, the Community Renewable Act, um, uh, Community renewable legislation, um, it's kind of unprecedented. It turned Utah, which is, a, you know, where the state rock is coal, and it's going to give these options of communities throughout Utah to actually opt out of renewable energy, and that opt out piece is really huge. Um, so Park City has a goal, by 2022, all citywide operations will be carbon neutral, and by 2030, all the entire community will be. And that the linchpin of that is this community, you know, renewable act. Um, I hope I'm saying that correctly. But um, anyway, so we're bringing communities together to, um, to collaborate, to convene, to collaborate, to share solutions, and to make commitments. So we'll have elected mayors and city council members from communities like, you know, Vail and Bozeman to come together and, you know, the snowpack is our livelihood mm -hmm. and great okay in 20 years maybe we won't be able to you know there won't be snow in the base of Park City that's terrible for us well think about I mean I kind of always think the bigger picture think about the 
you know, the, the many countries or developing areas aside from the U.S. where it relates to water scarcity. It's going to create displacement. And then, you know, it, it kind of, it, it snowballs, snowballs, snowballs yeah. and into, you know, war, refugees, and, and whatnot. So, but I love that your so, background somehow has been this perfect mix and you're like a dark horse just kind of coming yeah. out well, and I was, you that. know, I mean, frankly, I was opportunistic. You know, mm -hmm. I went to this climate reality when the um, climate reality group that I was working with found out that I was moving to Park City. I was meeting with them in Beijing, and they said, you have to come to the next conference we're having, which is in Denver, because all Park City, the mayor will be there, and some city council members will be there. And that's when I connected with them. And when I came here, I, I, um, I sent an email to Mayor Andy, and we talked about, you know, some type of conference like this. Um, yeah, it's going to be an amazing conference. We have Jane Goodall, who's going to come to be the keynote wow. speaker. And that is going to be on the evening of October 2nd. And we have decided to open that up to the community. So there will be tickets that will be sold for the community. It's going to be amazing. connection as well, right? Yeah. Because she was on your program in Beijing. Yes, right? she so was on like my program. So, really yes, and it that. just, um, it's it's kind of you know it was a gift. I, I start I heard that she was coming and this was for the Wasatch Speaker Series last year, and so I contacted a friend and I just thought you know, Park City is one of these communities you know we're so in tune with nature and the environment and what a gift to have Jane Goodall come and speak to, you know the youth you know yeah. the entire community and so I've been I was actually just having a call with. Um, Dana from JGI this morning, and we were talking about how we've been talking for two years. <laughs> but she's coming. It's exciting. I love, it. I love so how this exciting. Is. Congratulations. Thank you. This is thank you. Big. So I think we're going to wrap up. I wanted to thank you both for diving into such uh, an interesting topic that has so many different angles to it, and for living your opportunities and creating them for yourselves and for your families with such exuberance and such positivity. Because I think it really makes a difference. Um, did you want to share any social media or ways that people can contact you or find things that you're passionate about? Well, first of all, I want to thank you for the, oppor oh. for the opportunity yes. to thank have you, us Renee. on your podcast and your show. This has been wonderful. Um, and if I, there's one area where I've been terrible at creating opportunities and I'm just terrible at social media. And you know, I don't have a Twitter handle or any of this. I do have I'm China WeChat. So, yeah. Um, Is there a website for this? We do. We have okay. a website for Mountain Towns 2030. It's mt2030.org, and that is being updated. And soon we'll have all the program and speaker information. So I hope you know the Park City community comes out and um, and gets inspired by Jane. Yeah, and you can reach out to me on uh, yellowbeauty.com, and yellow is spelt with two O's, Y-E-L-L-O-O-W. It's woolly backwards, my last name backwards, beauty.com. <laughs> That's great. I wanted to thank Park City TV for being our media sponsor and give a shout out to them for uh, believing in empowering women through these great conversations. You can find more about Wild Women Tribe at wildwomentribe.net. We have a whole host of different events and opportunities that unite women through the outdoors. So come check that out. And we hope that you tune in next time to the Ignite podcast. Thank you.